0: Uh, Today is a very unique day, February 2nd, 2020, Um, and I know that what's about to happen from this day forward is a big shift for the kingdom of God, for our church, for your life, for our city. Uh, This is a very prophetic day, and there's a lot of things to say about the numbers 2, 2, 2, 2. The Bible has a lot of very profound scriptures regarding the key of David and a lot of end time promises that relate around twos and twenty-two I'm not going to talk about that tonight. Maybe on Wednesday night I'll say something, or today I'm not going to talk about that, but maybe on Wednesday night I will. Um, so I'm super excited for us to release what God is doing inside of us and some prophetic words that have been given to us that I believe are also for you. And we'll do that in just a moment. Also, we started our 20-day fast yesterday, 20 and 20. And I know, obviously, that there's a Super Bowl tonight. And I know that in the 20-day fast, there's Valentine's Day. And so what I would encourage you to do is just fast something. And, you know, tonight, if you're going to cut loose, that's cut loose. There's no – it's not a legalistic thing. It's important that you do what God's put inside your heart and that you be spirit-led for your fast. I am off coffee day two. (laughs) <laughs> Not even a full day too, uh, but I will easily go the next 20 days without coffee. I know that shocks some of you. My general manager always gets mad when we call a church-wide fast at the coffee shop because he's like, our sales just go in the toilet. I'm like, hey, it'll come back in a better way. And um, so I want to encourage you guys to fast something that, is, that you lean on heavily or that's really important to you that maybe consumes your time or you feel like you need or have to have and I want you to ask the Lord what you're supposed to fast, and I would really ask you to please take this fast very, very serious. What's coming for Rock City, what's about to happen is huge, and it's very important that we're prepared in advance. We're being proactive, not reactive. God has some very, very, very big plans for you, and me, and us together, and for this city. They're very big. Mark my words, it's mind-blowing. I can feel it. I don't know exactly what it is, but I can feel it. I can also feel a big shift in the kingdom of God all over the world. This is the most important time for us to be diligent, to be sober-minded, and to be focused on everything that the Lord has for us and to not be sidetracked by the cares or the affairs of this world, the things of this life, or even chasing after our own needs, wants, and desires. We have to chase after him fully. And so... I would really encourage you to please take the fast serious. Dial some things down. Dial the busyness of your life down. Um, Turn off the TV. Spend less time on Facebook and Instagram. You know, uh, sacrifice things in your life that you lean on consistently, whatever that is. And let's take these next 19 days now very, very serious. And this fast will end just as Prophet Kevin Leal rolls into town. Uh, Samuel's coming to make a sacrifice. That's the way I say it. And uh, so we will be having my greatest spiritual father and the one that has impacted my life in this church more than anyone will be here February 20th to the 23rd. And we'll be announcing the service times once we specifically nail them down. But it's most likely gonna be Tend and Keep Saturday for all the volunteers, Saturday night, Sunday morning services and a Sunday night service. All right, so block that weekend off and I would encourage you to be here at all those services if you can, okay? All right, so take the fast serious. I'm going to pray for you for grace during your fasting time and uh, for the the next 19 days and that you guys would be smart as you watch the Super Bowl. (laughs) Lord, thank you so much for leading us and giving us grace during this fast. Thank you, God, for this church, for our city. Thank you for the seriousness and the sober-mindedness of it all, but also the joy and the celebration that's in it. I thank you for everybody that's here today, wherever they are, Lord, spiritually, close or far, whatever they feel, the struggles and the challenges. And I pray today that we would all be inspired by your word for what lies ahead and to grab onto a promise that's for every single one of us. I thank you so much, Lord, for prophecy that directs, guides, builds, comforts, exhorts, and edifies us to stay on the path, to stay in the way, and to keep our eyes on the prize and to not deviate or stray to the left or the right. That's my prayer for this church, for us, for my wife and I, for all the leaders and all those that are coming. And I thank you so much, Lord, that you have us poised in position for some really great and incredible things in the dynamic of family, friendship, and unity with one another. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <coughs> um, in 1994, I had just gotten out of prison. For those of you that are visiting and don't know my story, I spent a year in prison. I got busted for drugs, going to a Grateful Dead concert. I was a nonviolent, I didn't, you know, I didn't rob somebody or pull a gun on somebody or, you know, steal from someone. Uh, but I was dealing drugs and going to Grateful Dead concerts and living in the world and living for myself. I was going to clubs and parties and. Uh, I didn't have any bearing or understanding of the Lord. I was not raised in church. I was as lost as lost could be. I had really very little understanding about God, church, and anything that I did know I saw as religious dysfunction, and I didn't want anything to do with it. I was very turned off by religion, mainly because of what I would see on the street corners, people protesting, you know, all the deadheads in the parking lots and telling them that they're going to go to hell and, you know, turn or burn and repent or perish and stuff like that, and The churches that I did go to were mostly denominational religious churches. I went with friends when I was in in high school, Um, whatever the church was, and I just never really enjoyed it, and I never really had relationship. I did answer an altar call when I was 13 years old at a Baptist church camp, but I never had discipleship or follow-up or saw what normal family looked like. And so I was really, really lost in the world when I got arrested. Thank God that I got arrested because I'd either be dead or I'd still be in prison longer or who knows what I would have done to somebody. And I'm so thankful that the Lord got a hold of me by putting me in jail. So I don't have any shame in telling my story about that. It's a shock factor for some people when I say, oh, I was in prison. Um, but it's a beautiful part of my story, and there's no shame in it. That year was one of the best years of my life. I learned to tutor illiterates. It's how I learned to read the Bible. It was basically a year of Bible school. I was very—I was humbled substantially in my life. I have incredible stories that came out of that. And when I came out of prison, I was filled with the Spirit. I was fired up, and I was excited about what the Lord had for my life. The first churches that I went to were Word of Faith churches. I read a bunch of Kenneth Hagin churches while I was in prison, or Kenneth Hagin Bibles. Wow! Thank you. This is me without coffee, just so that you know, all right? Just hang in there. (laughs) Service one, here we go. (laughs) Hey, you're dialed in, I appreciate that. And so um, I went to Word of Faith churches, and I experienced a lot of crazy things, and then I was like, I'm going to the black church, and I spent years in an all-black church, I was the only white guy in an all-black church, it's really where I got my groove on. I'm telling you, I really got my groove on in the black church, and I had an awesome pastor from Jamaica and I uh, played with a bunch of old Rastafarians and Latin jazz musicians and just loved it. You know, there was dysfunction there, too, but I loved it. And um, so uh, just a few months after I had been out of prison, I was invited. Well, I was invited to go to a service that was going to have a prophetess. I'd never actually been prophesied over. And that day I had decided to burn all my... Grateful Dead stuff. All my bootleg tapes. I had rare bootleg tapes. It's something that Grateful Dead heads do is they collect tapes from past shows. And I had crystals and very expensive uh, tie-dyes and Grateful Dead uh, paraphernalia and all kinds of memorabilia and just crystals and everything. It was a pile that was about four feet high and about five feet wide. And I knew the Lord was telling me to burn it all, to just burn it. And so we went out to the Everglades and Lighter fluid all over it, and I just lit it up. And I'll never forget that moment. The fire was like this strange purple fire that came up. And I watched everything that was of my identity, of who I had found myself in, I thought I had found myself in, I watched it all burn away. I put so much into that lifestyle. I'd seen 45 Grateful Dead concerts, and so much of who I was and my friendships and my identity was wrapped around in that. I know that sounds strange to y'all. But that's just how, what I got sucked into, okay? And so, you know, I, I had recently been saved, and I realized I had to let go of everything in my past, and I decided to go burn it all in the Everglades. And that night's when I got that invitation to go to a Spanish church in Hialeah, Florida, to hear a, a prophetess, and I didn't want to go. I, had, I, was, I actually was battling a little bit of depression in that moment, Because even though it was an exciting, I love the Lord, and it's exciting in a sense to let go of your past, there was this weight of seeing it really die. And it was hard for me. And I was just really kind of down and out, and I wanted to be left alone. I didn't want to go to a church service, you know. And so the the friend that was invited said, no, you need to come. You've never actually received a personal prophetic word for your life, and you need this. And I can't guarantee it's going to happen, but... If there was a time to come, this would be the time. And I didn't really want to go. And that night, I went to this church, and there was a prophetess who who prophesies while she sings. She's a singing prophetess. And her name is Diana Palmer was her name. And uh, I showed up, and, man, the music was cranking, and people were dancing, and it was a real spirit-filled atmosphere. And I s- stayed in the back. And... I was kind of down the end of an aisle in the back, and I'm watching her. There's about 300, 400 people there, kind of like if you were back there, and she was up here playing, and she got her microphone and came down, and she walked over to to the aisle, turned, and started walking straight towards me, and I was standing all the way in the back. And uh, I kind of had my hands out like this, and I started to shake, and I started to tremble, and this really strange thing started to happen with my mouth. I didn't know whether to cry or laugh. My mouth was doing this strange thing where it was going up and down. You can't really see in the back, but it, my mouth was going all over. I was nervous. I was. It was electric. It was like something I had never felt before. And that night, I received a prophetic word that changed my life and to this day has set a course and a trajectory for me. And I, uh, back in those days, when you got a prophetic word, they would give it to you in a cassette tape before you walked out the door, which... Wow. We can't even get people their words when they walk out the door now, right? But uh, so I got it on a cassette tape, and I played that cassette tape so many times, and I saved it to this day. I've never, ever, ever played the word publicly, ever. My wife hasn't even heard it still to this day, okay? Now, you're going to have to understand this is 1994 in a Hispanic, Spirit-filled church in Hialeah, Florida, with a singing prophetess. So you need to prepare yourself, okay? Because some of you are going to think Elsa is singing, all right? But this word is so important. I feel like there's no better time than right now for me to share it with you. And so we finally had the word, uh, the tape, put to an audio file just three, three days ago, all right? So it's very, very personal for me because this is the first prophetic word I'd ever gotten that set the course for my life to this day. It's a little bit, maybe a little bit difficult for you to understand, so we're going to put the words up on the screen, and uh, then I'll talk a little bit more about it after that. You guys ready? Okay.
1: Okay. Your night, your dreams and expectations you've been wondering what you're doing in the desert for so long and you felt the hand of your father just steering you along. one but my son it's a new day I'm gonna change the tides for you I'm gonna call turn around even where you've been so blue the old day is behind you it's a brand new day you see and all of my treasures have been stored up for thee i'm gonna bless you overflowing i'm gonna cause your heart to know it you watch my son What I'm about to do, I'm about to give my kingdom to you. Your hands are anointed. Your voice is anointed. It's over, says God. It's a new day, a new way. Fresh oil.
0: Man. So uh so, um, that was a very life-changing word for me. It, she just blew on me said fresh roll. I was out for like 45 minutes on the floor. And I'm so thankful I still had that word and that word is as alive today as it was then in 1994. Just pretty crazy. And uh there's a couple things about that word that really jumped out for me. One was the word coronation. It was like a ceremony for me, a ceremony of crowning, that God had a sovereign plan for my life. And, uh, And from that day to this day, that word has never changed. And then the fact that the Lord would be giving me his kingdom, that it's his pleasure to give me his kingdom. And when I think about that word, I think about as much as that word was for me, in 1994, that word is also for all of us today. Because anything, well, first of all, you have to understand from a biblical standpoint, that's a promise that God has for all of us. And it's, uh, the scriptures, Luke 12, verse 32, where it says that the Lord, it's the Lord's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I want you all to know that as I get it, or Amber gets it, you get it. And as you get it, We get it because really it's for all of us. We're all a part of the kingdom. And it is the Father's good pleasure to bless your life and to give you the kingdom. And as the Lord blesses us, I know that he's going to bless you. And so it's a promise for all of us in your daily life. This scripture that we just pulled up, it's the Lord's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, deals directly with anxiety and fear, provision. It deals with what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, and not being worried or chasing after the things of this world, but trusting that God will provide for you and has a plan for you, and he knows what you need when you need it the most. And right before this, you know, Jesus says, look at the lilies of the field, not even Solomon in all of his glory was arrayed as one of these lilies. And then Jesus goes on to say, sell what you have and give alms, and know that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so there were a lot of promises that I believe for from that day forward, The first, of course, was family and children. I always believed that one day God would give me an amazing wife and children, and I knew I'd never be able to do what I was called to do without family. But the next big promise that I held on now for, gosh, 28 years or so is a church. I always knew that God was going to call me to pastor a church to build and pastor a church. I always thought it was going to be called Rock Chapel, And I thought it was going to be a rock and roll church. Um, But now it's Rock City, and it's not really a rock and roll church, but um, it's everything that God would ever want it to be. I'm so thankful for this church. The next was I always had a desire to start a Dream Center. For those of you that don't know what a Dream Center is, I don't have time to talk about it today. You can look it up. Matthew and Tommy Barnett bought one of the largest or maybe the largest hospital west of the Mississippi in Los Angeles, California. They were given Angelus Temple, which Amy Simple McPherson started, and they basically took this old hospital and they started rescuing people off the streets, prostitutes, Skid Row, they started a food bank, they were dealing with human trafficking long before it was a popular buzzword. Um, They do adoptive blocks, they do uh, sidewalk Sunday schools, they do so many things that I always dreamed about doing one day, but they had the ability to pull people actually off the streets, house them, educate them, and uh, not just rehab them, but teach them life skills and get them fired up for the Lord and uh, lead missions and all the outreaches of the people that go to visit in Los Angeles. And I would encourage you to look up the Dream Center because it's a model and a pattern I've always dreamed about doing. And then next is, I always believed that God had a covenant promise, which was territory and city gates. I believe that one of the promises of God is to give us cities and to give us nations. Psalm 2, the Lord says to Jesus, ask of me and I'll give the nations to you. And that's a promise for us as well. You know, in, in Acts 1, 8, you know, it's You'll be filled with the spirit and you'll be witnesses to me in your hometown, your region, your state, your nation, and the nations of the world. And so there's this expansive model where God says, I want you to take your neighbor, your city block, your backyard, your, your, your town, and take the nations of the world and advance the kingdom with power. And so I always believed that God had that promise for my life as well, which included the nations. Fast forwarding to this day. I have an amazing wife, I have amazing children. We have a phenomenal church. I was up here in worship just weeping, listening to the worship team today. And and knowing and being together with all of you and what God's done, I'm in awe of the wonder of the greatness of what the Lord has done. I really can't take any credit except to say that I kept my eyes on the prize and I love him. And even when I failed, I ran to him a million times over. It's, it's my greatest message that the Lord could love me no matter how many times And then it's being faithful with what God's put in your hand. Because when you're faithful with a little, he gives you much. And so next is my desire to take the city. If I want the nations, if we want the nations, you have to first be faithful with your city. Right? It's like you want to go take Bangladesh, but you can't take your neighbor's yard. you know. And what I mean by that is loving and advancing the kingdom and being faithful with where God's put you now and loving your city. I love my city. I hated it at first. I hated Corpus Christi at first. But now I have a burning passion despite the violence and the human trafficking and the drugs and the the gangs and the crime and the, the lower income and hard to find jobs. I know all the issues. But I love this city and I know God has a plan and a purpose for all of us in this city. And so what's next? Well, next is the fact that Amber and I get a like-minded vision together. Now, we have th- always had the same vision for Rock City Church. We did not start this church without us being in full agreement that we were all in and we were going to give it our very, very best. And now Amber and I together lead this church and lead each- lead this family, and um, we do it as one. I don't want to do anything without her. I, I do my very best to run every decision by her and include her in as much as she wants to be included in. It's not a dominant male head pastor thing and she's the nice following pastor's wife she's got the freedom to be who she wants to be she's bold she's confident she's powerful and she got some of the most prophetic words over her life that she's ever had that tie into the prophetic word that you just heard my life and your lives during the focus 2020 conference some of you were here but some of you missed it and so we're going to play amber's prophetic words for you yeah, because some of you might not remember and you might not have been there. So are you guys ready? Yeah. All right, let's roll it.
2: Amber and
0: David, this is
2: the weirdest thing. Y'all ever seen the movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life? You know, that movie, the old black and white? Uh, what was the guy's name that that ended up jumping off the bridge? Huh? George Bailey, George Bailey. Yeah. in in, but you remember george bailey he always wanted to leave town or have something big going on right that was his that was his dream to have something big going on but he decided to stay in town and invest everything that he had gotten during his honeymoon into a bank and he's and when he invested what god had given him in his hometown he started he started actually flourishing and there was this old man called potter y'all remember potter old grumpy old thing Y'all ever been around Grumps? Yeah. Potter is a, is a type of jealousy that came against him. And he tried to railroad him. But he didn't realize that when he tried to railroad him, it was actually going to make him flourish and it was going to make the whole town flourish. That's what's about to happen to you guys. But one of the things that I saw, you, know, I'm, you need to watch this movie. What George Bailey started doing, he started building small houses for low-income people. somebody's got to do it might as well be the church and i literally saw you building these these beautiful like they weren't like old slum houses because george bailey man up there's a scene There's a scene where George himself, and y'all, if you've watched it, he goes to this home and he brings these, these people a gift. Y'all remember that? He meets these people that he sold the house to probably, and made probably a little money, but they couldn't afford to even get a house. And he would actually take the loan on so that they could just have a place. And then he would meet them at their house and then give them more gifts. And he was so excited, and the whole family was excited, and he gave them the key, you know, and they entered into their little little home that he built, that he built for them. And the whole town started flourishing, and the enemy couldn't stand it. Because the enemy never thought that we would get loose and actually be in the work field and start building houses and changing cities. I'm telling you, church is about to change. We're about to be real shepherds out in the field, not in the building. And that, I'm telling you, this church is going to have—I don't know where it's at. I, I haven't asked him. I don't like to, but you're going to buy land, and you're going to end up building these low-income, very nice. I can see them. I can—I could even—I could draw you out even the floor plan right now of these houses, and you're going to end up being those that loaned money to people and you're gonna start changing this town by building it back up I'm telling you it's gonna happen so when old Potter goes just know if Potter raises his head just chop him off continue doing what you're doing don't let it jump make you jump the bridge. Don't, don't even listen to him. The, the problem with, with George is that he listened to Potter. I'm telling you. And when he listened to Potter, he, he got riled up, which caused there to be a curse upon him. So don't get riled up when the jealousy comes. It wants to rile you up. Because anytime you get riled up, you open your your life to curses so just stay steady put your get your face like a flint and get the vision for it it's not just about the church it's about building the church out there building a whole community it doesn't matter if they believe or not who cares it's actually making a place for them that's one of the last things the lord said i'll go to what make a place for you and that was the word for the one of the words for this year is that we are going to stop making places for ourselves and we're going to start spending our money and our gifts on everybody else and making a place for them. I'm telling you. It's time. Say it's time.
3: There was There's a scripture that I feel like is for your body because God just began to speak to me last night so clearly about how you guys are gonna, y'all are gonna host a move of God here. Yeah. And I know it's already swirly and you guys are presence driven and the whole thing but there's another there's another level coming. There's a breath yeah. of God coming and it's gonna get real. It's going to get real and Amber I saw over you, um, it was just so tender and so sweet. God began to speak to me about you and uh I'm gonna cry. Um, <laughs> um, um, you have a move of God inside of your belly hand And you carry like Mary And God is actually Jesus is going to be birthed in your city through you Even though you are ma- married to an amazing leader And God's going to use you guys together Actually the tenderness of Jesus Of what he wants to birth in Corpus Christi Is in your womb and, um, I saw like God even using, um, you know, we talked about the homeless the other night and then Brad had that prophetic word and nobody knew like, oh my God, just so crazy. But there's actually, um. There's a move of God inside of you. And it it's actually is unconventional. It's very, it's it's like an anointing of justice. You're going to be a voice for the voiceless. And actually God's going to raise you up. I see you even like going into government to advocate for, for people who don't have have a voice and god that the the weightiness of that is about to come on you and actually strategies from heaven because like we talked about what works in mozambique or what works in new orleans is not going to work here there's actually a specific blueprint that you're pregnant with that you're going to actually begin to give birth to and you are actually going to birth jesus in this city um and it's it's going to be through that heart of compassion um for the least of these that you kind of like don't know what to do. They kind of showed up literally at your doorstep. And you're like, but you, God is like pulling your heart towards that. So yeah, just get ready. <laughs> just get ready. Um, and when I was reading Song of Solomon... Um, this is what I felt over you guys. The move of God that you guys are going to host and encounter is, is very much like an awakening. It's, more, it's going to be more than a, a church revival where people only come here to get filled and then it stays here. The, that kind of grid yeah, nice. that we've had for so long. It's actually going to be, you guys are going to carry, there's, it's, going to, it's going to start in individuals and manifest corporately and then spill out into the city and it's awakening. It's awakening, and um, I got Song of Solomon four sixteen. It says, "Then may your awakening breath blow upon my life until I am fully yours." Okay, some of you guys, you've been in this process, and 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 you there are areas of your life that you still haven't surrendered, and and this God actually wants to breathe on you until you're fully. His. we all have there we're all coming into the fullness right there are always layers of things of areas that God wants to um, bring into fullness but I feel this over individually uh, the the family that God's assembled here And then also corporately, that's going to hit Corpus Christi. Then may your awakening breath blow upon my life until I'm fully yours. Breathe upon me with your spirit wind. Stir up the sweet spice of your life within me. Spare nothing as you make me into your uh, fruitful garden. Hold nothing back until I release your fragrance. You guys are going to be so overcome that honestly, all you got to do is go out and re- you're going to release the fragrance of God in the community. Walk, Come walk with me as you walked with Adam in the paradise garden. Come taste the fruits of your life in me. I have come to you, my darling bride and this is i believe just god talking to you guys that he's come to you my darling bride you are my paradise garden come walk with me until i am fully yours come taste the fruits of your life in me but there's an awakening breath i just believe coming on on you guys um
4: big deal right just birth in Jesus (laughs) Um, I do (laughs) I do want to say that watching that and hearing that and I've been processing that for quite a while now and every time it gives me the chill bumps and I know it's it was so the Lord because he had been moving on me like something crazy I had told David you know, the whole week or two before that I was feeling like as if I was pregnant or something, I said, I'm like an emotional wreck, and it's not that time of the month, and I don't know why I'm just so broken for people that are hurting. I can't get the children's faces out of my mind. I can't get the, the hurting women on the streets. I can't get them out of my mind. And I would just cry all the time. Out of, out of nowhere, I'd be not... Sad, but I would just be, you know, when I was laying the kids down for a nap, but my mind would just go racing and I would just cry. I'm like, what are you doing? You know? And it's not that I wasn't always broken for those people. It's not that I always, you know, that I never cared before. It was just that he was making the weight of that and um just making it so tangible that I couldn't deny it. Like and I kept praying to the Lord, like I said to him when I was out walking on our land and I was praying, and I said, What are you doing to me? Like why are you breaking my heart for something I can't do anything about? Um, And I don't know what to do about. Like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And I'm very much a doer. I'm very much a justice. All of those words were very confirming to my personality. I'm very black and white. I'm very get out there and do something. But I just didn't know what it looked like. I didn't want to move unless I had heard the voice of the Lord and and I had a plan um, from him. Um, And so... I was praying and walking around, and I kept seeing um, houses. This was before the word, like the day before. I kept seeing small houses, and I, I was like, that would be great. I would love small houses for people, like I'm telling the Lord, but I don't know, like, what do you mean? Like, And I just was just left kind of unsure, and so then when I heard Brad say that, I I don't think, I was just telling someone the other day, like, I don't cry very, like, dramatically, some people cry dramatically, and and that's awesome, but I'm more of a, like, together, like, give me a moment, you've seen me cry so many times, you know exactly how I cry, (laughs) Um, but this time I was in the front row, and I was just, like, my body was shaking. I couldn't stop. And I'm like, get a hold of yourself, like, when, <laughs> when he said that. Because I knew that I knew that I knew that it was the Lord. And it was, like, a change in my trajectory. My entire life was changed in that moment. Um, and then with Heather's word, Heather's word got me because she said that, you know, basically I was going to carry, like, Mary and um, birth Jesus and all of this big movement of the Lord and compassion and all of those things. And I, I just felt the weightiness as soon as she said, I just felt the weightiness of that. And um, I was looking back at the Christmas story and just how it all happened. And, you know, in one in one way you can get, like, really, like, oh, my gosh, that's a lot. Like, I can't do that. And then there's the weight in a negative way, like, that you actually have to carry it on your own. But I thought back about how Mary would be whenever the angel of the Lord came to her and telling her that she is actually going to birth the son of god and that um and she's a virgin and what people would have thought and just the whole shock of it all and i just it what stuck out to me the most is uh, luke 135 it says the angel answered the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that just reminds me, like, I, I really do feel like the Holy Spirit has been overshadowing me, like, lately since the words. And I feel like it's go time. I don't think that this is one of those words that, like, we'll see 10 years down the road. I know that I know that I know that it's now. So I just want you guys to be ready. Second, what do we even know? Like, what do we know the Lord's doing, and what do we know that he has up his sleeve for us as Rock City? What I do know is that it will involve land. It will involve a beautiful garden, animals, a community of small homes. This community community will expand over time, reaching various areas of brokenness in our city. Um, as far... As what it will look like, it'll it'll be a place so physically beautiful that it makes a statement for the kingdom. A place of healing, belonging, hope, and restoration. So our mission is very much the same as the Dream Center in L.A. And I really encourage you to look it up if you haven't. The Dream Center does a lot of amazing things. I do feel like this is kinda gonna be Dream Center 2.0. This is gonna be a whole new blueprint, a whole new way of doing something because we're not LA, we're Corpus Christi. Um, And so I envision it similar to the Dream Center but in small house form, in community form instead of a giant hospital. So I... um, I share the same mission as they do, and which is our mission is to connect broken people to a community of support by providing resources and services that address immediate and long-term needs in the areas of homelessness, hunger, poverty, addiction, abuse, education, and human trafficking. The scripture that the Lord has given me, and it was also... The scripture he gave me for Eden, which is interesting because I envision this as a garden. And um, the scripture is Isaiah 51, three: The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the sound of singing. I love the wastelands. We, we titled this message, Wasteland to Garden, because I really do um, picture this as a garden. We are building a garden, a flourishing garden, garden. We can't deny what Matthew 25 says, and I know we've all heard it, but I would like to read it. So that we can really, really get it down in our spirits. Because this is the true heart behind what we want to do. This is the Lord's heart. This isn't our mission. This isn't us making our name or our church known. This is what has been really, really heavy on the Lord's heart. And also before I read that, I just want to tell you that we're. All, it's funny timing. Always funny timing. We are building a church. We are about to expand. We need to raise funds to expand. But the Lord's like, hold up you want to you just want to build your your church but there but you can't ignore the hurting and broken around you and we're not but it's just a reminder to him that says it's equally as important it's not one or the other it's both it's build the church and build your city it's both and and I'll talk more about that in a minute but Matthew 25 31 through 40 When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on the glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. We're surrounded by brokenness all around us, and we're surrounded by the least of these. And we need to become a place of rest and healing here. We need to build that. We need to get completely healthy here in ourselves. But we also have a city of broken people. Just walk outside. It takes you about a minute to realize it. So we can't solely focus on our building. It's the—it's not one. It's not the other. It's both. The more The Lord is making it very clear that he wants us out of these walls. I feel like a really big urgency on it. I feel like it is an emergency. I feel like, you know, it's been on our heart and we've been trying to decide how we can do both or how much we should move into the city and really do outreach because our thought process was well how can we reach the city and then we don't have space for them to come back we're not ready we're not ready that's been the last few years and as the staff and leadership have been praying because before we didn't even have the dollar general space and nothing was moving forward so we were like why would we just keep pushing to a huge capacity and go full force into the city because when they come hurting, we have nowhere for them to go. But I feel like there's been a major shift, and the Lord says, it's time. It's go time. And so we're going full force, and there's a big shift in our staff and um, our hearts. And um, I wanted to share with you some of the things we're really feeling Um that we want to start doing and ways you can partner. And so it's not that we need to wait until someone gives us the land or someone gives us money to get the land or there's some kind of way to have the land in the houses. The Lord's saying, don't wait for that. Get going now. I want to see you move now. And the Lord will provide as we move. So some of the things you can do is obviously pray for provision. Pray for favor. Pray for direction. Please I I really need your prayers, and we really need your prayers. Give financially. You can't stop giving financially to the church because we are the body, and as you give to us, you impact the entire city because we use those resources to impact everyone around us. Find a way to get involved if you're not already doing so. I know for years, and I know I I talk to moms a lot all the time, and they're like, well, what can we do? Like, everybody wants to help. But how can we help? We see the homeless people, and really, honestly, giving them food all the time is not helpful. So we, we need practical tools of how we can actually help. So I want to suggest those today. Already, we've been serving at the Station Church very often. If you haven't served at the Station Church, please find Dodie and get involved. That's where the homeless go. It's tonight, right? What time? 6.45. 645. Doty's over there. That would be a great start. Um, There's street outreach that Marlene's been doing um, for prostitutes and sex traffic victims and you can see how you can get involved with her. She's already out there doing it. Rising Tide, which with Lisa in the bluff, she serves many, many, many lower income hurting people. Find her. She would love your help. You'd be excited to know, I don't know if you've ever heard about Sidewalk Sunday School. Metro Ministries did it forever. They do it a lot, and when we do a mission trips, we're, we're about to start Sidewalk Sunday Sto- School in Flower Bluff. We um, are already meeting and planning, and we're going to be meeting in parks and doing a whole full Sunday school and giving food and prayer and giving the gospel to the children and the parents that come with them. So if you're interested in that, we need a team. So see Melody Hernandez. And then... I've met because I know once I got this word, I wasn't going to be like, oh, it's all me. I need to make this happen. Let me be stressed out and make it happen. No. My first step was, why don't I just start meeting with some people that are already doing things? Like I met with Susan Klaus, who is um, starting. She found She's the founder of Agape Ranch, where um, it's out by London, and it's a bunch of land, and they're already beginning to build houses for foster families to build a community of support for them. So I met with her, and she told us how we can get it. Um, we can join up because this is a city thing. This isn't a us thing. There's already people doing things, and I want to join up with them. So with Susan, we're gonna our church is um, entering into what they call a care portal, wh- which is where we are on a database where we can be notified by immediate needs in the Flower Bluff area, and then we have a team of people that get notified, and we go bring the resource to the community in the Bluff, and we get to meet the family pray for them and build relationship with him and oftentimes it's a family that is very close to their children being put in the foster system or taken away because they weren't able to meet financial needs um, and so that's where we can meet a need um, and that's right in our backyard and there's only one other church in the bluff that's part of it Let's see. Then we're there's a training coming up that she let us know about where you can be trained to work with children who have gone through trauma. Melody's going to be attending it. Um we're going to be hosting a foster parents night out here where they can drop off their foster children and we Um, provide child care for them and they get a break. Um, You could become respite care certified, which is, I'm about to start the process. Um, You you just get certified to be a babysitter, basically a certified babysitter for foster um, children. Um, Red cord, how often is red cord? Every Every quarter, red cord, which is the prostitute diversion program that um, Marlene heads up. We're about to start jail ministry, if you're interested talk to Marlene. And also serve in our own kids' ministry. You don't understand how many broken children come through these doors. It's not, we're here, like, it's go time here. Like, there's so many things to do. So that's a lot, but all that to say that it's go time. I want to reach the city I know that it's heavy on his heart. I know that he's going to give us the land. I can see it so beautifully in my mind that it's just we're going to build a garden. It's going to be a beautiful community, and it's not a me thing. It's an us thing. I need everybody. I really want you to be praying about, like, what what is your part in this? And I know a lot of people have said, well, I've had that vision. I've had that vision, or the Lord put that on my heart 10 years ago, and I've been wanting to do it. Well, it's go time, and I can't wait for you to be part of it. Like, I'm just really excited. So pray about that. See me if you have a heart for something um, specific in the whole community of homes. And um, I think that's it. He's going to wrap up.
0: All right, so to conclude this morning, I – I want to pull up the scripture, 1 Timothy 1.18. Uh, we shared some prophetic words with us with you all this morning because it's important that we learn to warfare with the promises that God gives us, right? And so if you've never had a prophetic word in your life, I would encourage you to come to Supernormal Natural Nights. And then I would also encourage you to be here for Prophet Kevin Leal, uh, which will be the 20th to the 23rd. A lot of prophetic ministry happens at that time. Some of my greatest prophetic words in my life in the last 27 years have come from him. Also, when we have guys like Brad and other conferences that are prophetic in nature, I would encourage you to come to those. Also, spending time in the Word and listening to those that love you when you come, and when you come up for prayer and people in your life, war with the prophetic words. What does it mean to wage, look at the Scripture, Paul urged Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that he might to wage or that he might wage a good warfare. And so waging a good warfare means that we are keeping the promise and the vision always before us. It means that we make them known as the Lord leads. So I've talked about dreams in my heart for a long time to each of you, and now we've shared them some of them publicly today. It's how you live your life. When you're faithful with a little, God gives you much. When you're faithful with the the talents that God gives you, he gives you cities as a reward, all right? So cities are a promise from God. Next is how you give. It's important that you give of your time and your finances as the Lord leads, not out of compulsion. I don't check your giving records. We try not to ever for you to ever feel pressured. We want you to give as the Lord leads, be faithful. I know some of you make less, some of you don't make much. Some of you are young adults and barely surviving. Give what you can. Be faithful. 10% is always a good rule of thumb, but sometimes maybe you don't have the faith for that. It's not legalistic. It's trusting God. If you make more, give more. The The, the question isn't, how much do I have to give? It's, how much can I give? And it's, you can't outgive God, so give. Um, the next thing is how you serve and how you give of your time. And then how you fight, that you fight right in love. You fight together in unity. You get involved with other men and other women and other brothers and sisters in the kingdom to do it together as one. And then we understand that God has a vision for us here at Rock City Church. And so for me, yes, it's both, but I feel like the sooner we can get the build-out done at Rock City, the sooner we can get to some of the the bigger things. Now, we're starting now. Uh, We were in our staff meeting last week. And while we're sitting there literally talking about the words and what's happening to Amber, a friend of ours who's building tiny homes here in the bluff knocks on the door, and uh, Marlene opens up the door, and I see it's David Rotter, and he's like, oh, I actually came by to talk to you all about that prophetic word that Amber got. I was He wasn't even here. He watched it online, and he's building tiny homes. And we were all freaked out. And so then I went with him down to meet with Paulette Guajardo at the city council and then the zoning and the building commission departments and everybody that makes a decision to approve tiny homes in our town. And I go down there and I sit with David and I have long talks with our city councilwoman. And I'm, I just got put onto the ethics commission. I'm getting a lot more involved politically and governmentally to affect tr- to change in that region. I would also encourage you guys to come on. It's uh, April, if you live here in the bluff, April 6th for the Flower Bluff Citizens Council. I've been elected to be a board member with the Citizens Council, where we represent Flower Bluff to City Hall and to uh, City Council and the mayor. And so y'all, actually y'all are invited to that, whether you're in the Bluff or not. And that's gonna be February the uh, 13th, I'm sorry, April 13th. And so I feel like it's really important that we can move on to bigger things with, Our heartbeat's not more people and more money. Our heartbeat is the presence of God and transference of life and building family. But let's be honest. As more people come, more resources come. The ability to, to have greater influence in our city. The ability to affect change on a larger scale happens. And all we have to do is be healthy. We're not on a mission to grow the church. We're on a mission to bring in the harvest and to raise up workers. We don't have a harvest problem, we have a worker problem. So it's our, our heartbeat is to get you healthy, strong, trained and equipped and to send you into the mission field. And then when we build this community, to partner together with the community so that people can learn what family looks like and get trained and equipped. And in the community, we'll have a community center where we can teach them life skills and have uh, uh, AA and NA meetings, or have the what we're doing here, there, and teach them how to be productive in, in all that they do. And so, Rock City plays a very, very important person in t- uh, place in teaching people how to volunteer, to train and equip and connect, and to network and to influence in our city. And regarding the Dream Center, there's so many things that we'll do here, and there's so many things that we'll do there. And then the last thing I'll say is that we can't do this alone. We have to partner with other ministries and other churches. And so I already meet once a month with a group of pastors, about seven pastors, called the Moral Compass Initiative. These are different pastors from around the city. I've made friendships with a lot of pastors in the city, and my heart is that Rock City would partner together. We're not the elite church. We don't have all the answers. Revival can't just come to Rock City Church. It has to come to the churches of this city and to every hungry believer, whether I fully agree with their doctrine or not. God can hit the Catholic Church. God can hit the Methodist Church. God can hit the Baptist Church. And so it's important that we get into relationship with them, which I am doing. So from the government uh, positions to pastoral positions, I'm now doing what I have to do to represent us on a larger scale, which is going to bring influence for the land and zoning commissions and the bigger things that we need to see happen. And so uh, our heartbeat is to war together with the words that God's given to this church. Those words were for this church. My 1994 prophetic word was as much for you as it was for me, okay? And so we're going to do this together. We're going to partner together. In many ways, Corpus Christi seems like a wasteland in a desert. But that's the perfect place for a garden to come, right? And so um, let's be faithful. And for those of you that have felt like you don't have vision, I hope that you would have been inspired today to know you're part of something much bigger than yourself. You're welcome here. And I know there's a lot of great churches. Find your tribe and go all in. Slide your chips all in with your time and your resources. We're not out to take anything from anybody. It's God's to begin with. It's not about money, but it's about bringing the kingdom and family to those that have none. It's a mandate from God. It's our life mission. It's more than stuff and money and careers and jobs and things. The older I get, the less I care about them. It's all gonna burn in the end anyway, right? You can't take any of it with you. Jesus said, Buy money bags that never wear out. Right after that scripture I shared with you today, where he talked about it's your father's good pleasure, he says, Sell all you have and gives all. And then he says, Buy money bags that never wear out. You know what that means? They're eternal. It means get an eternal money bag right now. You may, it doesn't matter what you have. I don't care if you're a teenager or a young adult and you're barely surviving and you're living off baked beans and McDonald's. I don't care. Start giving. A dollar here, five, trust God for more. Be challenged by the Lord in your time and your service and see a bigger vision. When you get a bigger vision, you'll never perish because you're always on point and on purpose of where God's called you to go. And we're it's together. This isn't a David and Amber thing. We'll never be able to do it without you, and you wouldn't be able to do it without us. It's us together as one. All right. And so now we're gonna pray for you. Why don't you guys stand? And I'm going to have Amber and I, Amber's going to pray, and I'm going to pray over you, that you would be inspired for the vision, that you'd get yours for the Lord and your part and your place, and that you would make it a priority at all cost. Hang on. Can we get this mic on, please? Hello. There you go.
4: Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the fresh vision and the word you've given us and the mandate you've given us as a family and as a body. I just pray that you would come right now and make your presence known and make it so clear what each and every one of us has to play, what role we have to play in this mission, Lord. Help us to get our eyes off of ourselves and and the issues we see around but Lord help us to be part of something bigger than ourselves help us to see the need and see you and the hurting and broken and provide or we love you and we thank you just for touching us and reminding us of a bigger vision that you have for us
0: and Lord I thank you that the money is easy for you the land easy houses easy and the people are already waiting we pray Lord for workers we pray to you the lord of the harvest that you would raise up laborers the harvest is white the harvest is ready and i thank you god that you've just waited for a people that will say yes so i challenge you to say yes why don't everybody just say yes yes lord we say yes god (laughs) we don't know how you're gonna do it but you're gonna it's gonna be a story It's gonna be a story, and y'all are a part of it. We're all a part of it, so I thank you, Lord, that you're building an incredible story in the body of Christ, Texas, that of a little old church in an obscure place called Flower Bluff. God, a beacon of light and hope for the nations will be raised up, that our city and the churches of this city will rise to the occasion, and all the ministries will work together as one. Bring unity in the body of Christ, Lord. Make it not about us, but about your body at large. I thank you, God, that it's an easy thing. We don't know how, but we trust. We have great faith. We have great faith. The hurting, the broken, the outcasts, the addicts, the depressed, the down and out, the fatherless, the the abused children. I thank you that you are going to use this church to make a way for them. And I thank you so much, Lord God, for everybody here. I pray for great trust, great inspiration, great life, great peace, healing, mercy, grace, and forgiveness for every one of you. Don't be down and out and depressed. Put your hope and trust in the Lord and get people around you to trench fight in your life and to encourage you and strengthen you. And I bless you all mightily, mightily with fresh wind and fresh vision as you go today. In Jesus' name, amen.